This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to another episode of the TSN MMA Show Interview Edition. Some great interviews to get to, if I do say so myself. We've got Brad Catone on the show. He actually competes today at Brave uh, over in Bahrain. We also have Mandel Nalo, who will compete on Friday night's Bellator event, which can be seen in Canada on YouTube and on the Bellator MMA app. So uh, it's not yet on television. There's no TV deal yet that has been announced, uh, at least to my knowledge. And they will be doing this event on both YouTube and the Bellator MMA app. And I believe they're doing it globally as well on both those platforms to try to uh, raise awareness of Bellator and uh, boost those Showtime subscribers over in the States. And we're also also joined by uh, Adrian Yanez, who's coming off a big win over Gustavo Lopez uh, just a couple weeks back. Uh, I'm really high on this kid. I think he's a fantastic prospect. And uh, I'm really looking forward to speaking with him. A really uh, in- inspiring story. His father passed away when he was 22 years old. And one of his dreams is to fight at the Toyota Center. UFC 262 happens to be taking place at the Toyota Center, but they sent out a release, I believe it was yesterday, and Yana has his name absent from uh, the list of fights on the card. That doesn't mean that it can't be added sometime soon. Uh, and uh, for his sake, I hope it is, because this is something that has been uh, near and dear to his heart. So uh, here are the interviews. Brad Katona, Mandel Nalo, and Adrian Yanez joining us on the TSN MMA Show. We'll start with Adrian Yanez. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. And as I always mention off the top, Please rate, review the show. It helps us out a lot. helps bring uh, some awareness to the show, and we always appreciate that. Here's Adrian Yanez on the TSN MMA Show. I'm now joined by one of the top prospects in mixed martial arts today, Adrian Yanez. A big win over Gustavo Lopez two weeks ago. What were your nerves like going into that fight? That was a, a big one against the guy who's kind of the hometown guy in, uh, in Lopez. Yeah, man, I, I actually was really, uh, really confident going into there. I really didn't have too much nerves. Uh, I knew exactly what I was going up against. You know, I, I had seen a lot of people kind of giving him uh, not too much credit, but that dude, that dude's tough, man. Uh, he was a champion. He was a champion uh, for Combate Americas, and I just know he's fought tough competition. Uh, so to me, I knew what I had in front of me, and I like since I studied him weight a lot and. Uh, just from all the training, like I felt very confident going into the fight. I wasn't really nervous because my whole mindset's changed. Like I really don't get nervous because this is the dream. Like I'm living the dream that like I set out for myself. So there's nothing to get nervous about. It's just more me just being like really happy. Like I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be the position I'm in. Because man, like it took a long road to get here. Why would I want to be nervous about something that uh, that's to me is sinful? It's uh, very uh, how can I say? It's like I'm out there living a dream that I set out for myself. So I, I can't be a, I'm not a, how can I say it? I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous to live a dream of mine. So it's, it's actually, a, it's more joyful if anything. You and I both, I don't get nervous getting to interview you because this is my dream as well. So uh, there you go. Yeah. I, I find that there's two edges of the spectrum. There's the, the people that get nervous and the people that are anxious that just want to get in there and, and do their work. Are you kind of on the other side of that spectrum, the anxious side? Yeah, more. I, I guess I'm more on the anxious side, uh, especially all this whole entire fight week. That that fight week that I was there, I knew I was ready, man. I was prepared. I prepared for since I've been uh, in in a training camp since since November. So it was one of those things that I thought about Gustavo Lopez since November. So it was just one of those things that like once fight week came, I was like, man, I just want to be there. I want to be in the cage. I just want to be in there 
throwing fists. Uh, like I, I want to go out there and just fight already because four months, man, four months of just thinking of one person, it gets it gets to be a little bit tiresome, a little bit a little bit tough. You know, you feel like it's never gonna get there. So I'm just like I was anxious. I wanted to go out there. I wanted to be in there already. Your striking is so good. I mean, we, we saw it on display. Uh, in this last fight, but you actually got your start in jiu-jitsu. That's, that's the first thing that made you fall in love with mixed martial arts. When are we going to get to see some of that, or, or do you prefer to just keep it on the feet and do, uh, do this part of your game? Do you, have you fallen more in love with the striking aspect, and you just kind of have your, your jiu-jitsu in your back pocket? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the, that's the way I've been taking it, because, man, my striking, I feel, is, uh, is top-notch. I, like, I feel like I'm a high-level striker. Uh, you know, for myself... I do love jiu-jitsu. Like, don't get me wrong. I do love jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu is one of the first uh, first combative uh, combative uh, martial arts that I've, that I've taken. Uh, you know, I really don't the karate that I took whenever I was like five to eight. I really don't consider that. Uh, my biggest thing is, uh, like, because I remember jiu-jitsu. I remember my first class. I remember my first, like, technique and everything. So, like, to me, that that's... That sticks near and dear to my heart, but I do like I do like striking. I do like boxing with people because growing up, that's all I that's all I watched was boxing. So like I have a uh, I have a love for it. I have a love for for the striking. Uh, and then for myself as well, like I, I don't mind going to the ground. Uh, I don't mind like I might I depending if I want to if I want to wrestle with somebody and take them to the ground or if they take me down, I get to use my jujitsu. Uh, you know, but I'd rather be getting the takedown, rather be getting the takedown just because if you get taken down, you're already losing points. And then this MMA system that we have, uh, being on the bottom always means you're losing. Even if you're throwing up submissions and everything, someone gets a little bit controlled, uh, you're just automatically losing. Uh, so uh, being on your back in MMA is not really that, that uh, not really that beneficial, especially like the scoring system, depending like just just how it is. Because uh, I do like playing from my guard, especially whenever I'm in the gi. I like playing from uh, guard. I do like uh, I do like the open guard uh, from gi and everything. So to me, it's it, that's that's fun for me. But if I'm doing no gi and like I'm doing uh, MMA jujitsu, I like to stay on top. So pretty much, you're not going to see me pulling guard or anything. I'm gonna be a uh, top game type of type of uh, MMA jujitsu fighter. But I just love I just love knocking people out. Honestly, there's just something like to me, that's very uh, that's very cool. It's very definitive to me. It's very very definitive, especially like a submission. You know, it is definitive, but I lost you there for a second, Adrian. I think you're with me again now. Um, I, okay. I can I can I can clean this up after. Um, all right, so we'll just resume. I'll ask you the next question. Okay. Your division has so many good strikers, so many talented strikers. Take yourself out of the mix. Who do you think are the best strikers in your division? If you could give me just three. Just three, uh, I would have to say Cody Garbrandt is definitely, definitely, I would I would give him the number one slot. I would give him the number one slot just because his, he, like when he's on, whenever he's on, he's on. Like he has the, he has great, like fast hands. He has great boxing. Uh, number two, I would probably... Man, honestly, I'd probably give it to Peter Yan. Peter Yan definitely does have some good boxing. He has some good kicks as well. He's implementing more kicks into his game uh, as of late. Uh, and then after that, uh, man, it's it's a toss up because uh, I I don't know if I want to give it to to Sean O'Malley right now, just because like 
like I see I see his game and I'm, I'm looking at it. And to me, it's like he hasn't fought like someone who has like legitimately good striking. So I can't really uh, measure him up to that. But other other than that, I'll probably either go with either Corey Sanhagen or Rob Font. So it's a tie between those two for my third. So I definitely give it to Cody Garbrandt and Peter Yan. They uh, toss up between uh, Corey Sanhagen and Rob Font. Yeah, it's not an easy question. I mean, you look at TJ Dillashaw still in the division, of course. Uh, you mentioned Sean O'Malley. Dominic Cruz, of course, is, you know, one of the goats when it comes to at least technical striking and footwork. So it's, it's certainly not an easy question. But uh, uh... <laughs> but I look, I look, I definitely look at that, though. And, uh, like, I, whenever I come to uh, come to that decision, the reason why I give it to Cody Garbrandt as number one is because uh, he was, like, whenever he's on, he, he was technical, especially when he fought Dominic Cruz. Man, he outstruck him. He outstruck him, you know, and uh, TJ Dillashaw, as much as I want to put him in there, I just personally can't because of, uh, like, his, his steroid accusations and everything. So, and his failed PED test. So, to me, like, that that kind of, like, throws everything else out for me, you know. It's, uh, it's just, I don't know, just personally. It might not be, like, uh, my, that's probably, like, my biggest hindrance of why I exclude him from that. But he does have a great strike. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. I'm sure people will be discussing you in that mix very, very soon uh, from what we've seen from you. Uh, you had several dreams when, when you got into the sport. And I, I know your father, unfortunately, passed away when you were very young in the sport. But one thing I had read was that uh, whenever he drove you to class, you'd drive by the Toyota Center and you'd say to him, you know, I'm going to fight there one day. And he, he believed in you and, and, and you know, ha- had given you uh, that kind of support that one day you would be fighting there. And here we are a couple months from now, Toyota Center, uh, UFC 262, I believe it is. Uh, how badly do you want to get on that card? And have there been any discussions to get you on that card as of yet? Man, we're in discussions uh, right now. Uh, we've been, we've been, uh, I've been back and forth with my manager because my manager talks to Sean, uh, talks to, talks to Sean Shelby. So for me, it's just a matter of just hearing back. Uh, no names have been tossed my way as of as of yet, uh, but I really want to be on that card, man. It's a dream of mine. Like I, I've been, I've been really driven to that moment just so I can step in that cage. And then also, it's just. It's one of those one of those things that's gonna be like one of the first live events back, and for me to have fans is a, is one of the biggest things. Especially if I can have my my hometown Houston fans, you know, that to me would be the most wonderful thing because it'd be the first live event in Houston where fight where fights are going on and you you get there you get there and you like for me I'm a hometown guy like it's. Like it's a dream of mine. Like I, I, I've been wanting to fight the Taylor Center since, since way back when, man. Dude, like I, as an amateur, I remember seeing that. I remember seeing the Toyota, the Toyota Center, and like seeing, seeing the top lights are very predominant because it's red. You have all the lights around it, which are uh, like regular, like white lights, sky skyscraper buildings and everything. Their lights are on, but the Toyota Center, red lights beaming into the sky so to me every time i would pass like we'd pass by there when we're gonna go train man it was just always stuck out and i always like was infatuated with wanting to uh to fight there especially like this is the highest the highest of the high this is the highest level like fighting in the world and to be able to fight at the highest of the level on the toyota at the toyota center the biggest stage uh in my career, that would be a phenomenal place to fight, especially hometown when when everything is opening back up. I, like it's like a, it would be a dream come true for me. So if you're added to that card, 
you're pulling into the driveway of the of the Toyota Center. You're getting ready to fight there for the first time. What do you think is going to be going through your mind? Man, I, I still so when I think about to this day, like how hard I had to work to get here. Uh, and like, man, like the dream that I'm like living, this is like, this is still, this is still surreal to me. Like, I never thought I'd be in this position. Like, like I, I, I still considered myself a regular person from a small town in Laporte, you know, like, uh, so to me, like, this is, it, it's still nuts. It's, I still find it nuts right now. And what makes it easier for me to deal with is just like, man, I'm out there. I, I'm like one of the only people, in, uh, one of the only people here that really followed their, their dreams and to me this is this is this is amazing so like it 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 would make it a lot easier for me to walk into that to walk into the arena and just be like wow like here i am i get to live my dream and i get to go out there and fight what i love to do in front of my hometown crowd you know it's one of the first first big events that we get to have this year uh with the crowd man i'm ready i'm ready to make the, i'm ready to make that walk to the octagon like i can feel myself in that moment right now and it's it, it excites me like man like i get to go out there and and fight in front of my hometown crowd like and, and just be the center of attention just for that just for the 15 minutes that i'll be in there so to me i i'm really looking forward to it and i really hope it happens man because I can feel it right now. Like I'm like I'm getting happy just thinking about the possibility of being beaten on that card. So I'm super excited. Were you at UFC 247? I believe it was was the last one in Houston. It was the second last uh, pay per view in front of a live crowd. Uh, well, I guess I guess the third last if you count the one in Abu Dhabi. But in, in front of a full live crowd, it was the second last one. Were you there? No, I wasn't there, man. There was a slight chance I could have been could have been on that card. I remember the week of my manager texting me and being like, "Hey, like, be ready." You might be able to get a shot, and I remember like being so uh, so worked up, man, that I actually like like so worked up that I actually had got sick because like I was just so worked up. I was like, I was like, yeah, I couldn't sleep or anything like that. I actually like got like a headache and like uh and like I was like nauseated because I was like, dude, this is about to happen. It's about to happen. Uh, but my last event that I attended at uh, for the Toyota Center was a. Uh, Cain Velasquez versus Junior Los Santos three, and that was the one that like kind of like made it all like click for me because I was still an amateur at that point. And I remember being like, "Man, like this is the stage I want to fight on. Like this is the exact stage because that was my first and only UFC event." And for myself, like I told myself, the next UFC event that uh, that I attend, I'm gonna be a part of it. And that was the last one, and and. Fortunately, I was able to make that come true. So to me, like it's like it just all worked out for me. You mentioned your manager, Jason House. He was pretty hyped up backstage because Jonathan Martinez got robbed, and he was very upset about that. But he was happy about Chaos Williams that night. I still remember because I haven't I haven't covered that many events live. Uh, of course, since the pandemic, I haven't covered any backstage. The, the last two really stand out to me, being back there and 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 living through that because I miss it very much. But I, I remember Jason House was very hyped up at that particular event. Oh yeah, well, especially that Jonathan Martinez fight, man. I felt like he won that too. Uh, it was a, uh, to me, like I, I felt like he started pulling away. I thought, I thought he won that fight, but also Chaos Williams, and you know, he he was out there, like he kind of showed who he was. Especially he fought a, he fought the hometown guy in Alex Morano, and man, he, like, he showed up. Like that's one guy he showed up. You know, like I, 
I like Alex Morano. You know, he's a Houston fighter, and I've seen him fight throughout the regional uh, scene. So to me, whenever I saw that, I, I was in shock. I remember just watching that fight and just be like, like, wow. Like, he, he, he went out there and just knocked out Alex Morano. And wow, that, like, in emphatic fashion, I was like, uh, I remember being, because I, was, I wasn't there, but I was at my uh, friend's, friend's house watching the fights, and man, dude, it was some crazy fights, especially. It was super crazy that night. Yeah, that was Reyes versus Jones in the main event as well. A lot of people thought that that decision should have gone the other way, but, uh, you know, history's well, history, and now Jones is going to likely be the next in line for the heavyweight title. I'm, I'm guessing you watched this past weekend's event with uh, Francis Ngannou becoming the new champion of the world? Oh, yeah, that completely, honestly, that completely shocked me because, I was uh I was I picked Stipe to win, but I knew if anybody was gonna get knocked out, I thought it was gonna be Stipe. And man, I really wanted Stipe to win just because I feel like everybody was been everybody has kind of been countering him out, especially the odds makers and everything, because he's a lot better than what he is. I feel like even though I love Kane Velasquez so much, I feel that Stipe is one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Uh, I feel like he is just because of the accolades and him fighting, him able to defend the belt so many times. Uh, but Man, like that was just a great showing. Like Francis Ngannou just has that power, and this time around, he was so calculated in his in his fight, especially the way he walked up and the way he he went about it. He didn't go crazy. He went he he stayed calm. He stayed uh, he, he he stayed uh, not predictable. He was uh, very picky. He picked his shots very well, and man, like he deserves to be the champ. Like wow, like I didn't want to pick against any either one of them because I love Francis too. I love his story. Uh, but I actually, like, I was pulling for Stipe just because, man, like, how many times are we going to count Stipe out? Like, that was one of the biggest things, like, I was, like, saying the week I was like, how many times are we going to count Stipe out? Like, he's he's come through almost every single time. Like, why like why are we disrespecting him like that? But, you know, I'm kind of glad, I'm kind of glad uh, that that Francis got the belt because, like, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a great story, man. He came from, like, where he came from and was able to uh, pick up a belt, like true rags the riches type of deal. And man, that that that's an inspiration. It's really good to see. And one thing I really like about you is you seem to set very realistic short-term goals so that you can accomplish uh, to get to the bigger goal, which I imagine is the UFC championship. So, what are some of those goals going forward? Of course, there's a Toyota Center as we mentioned, but uh, give me like a timeline. In a perfect world, what would you like to do up up to becoming champion, and when do you think that could realistically be? Man, I, I do love setting goals, and uh, like, like of course everybody has big goals, and whenever you set a big goal and you uh, you fall short, you know, like it's usually because people didn't set those small goals in front of them, and they didn't they don't take the time to look back at the process and how many like how much they actually accomplished. So for me, like, I know I'm still in my first contract in the UFC, so I know I still have a lot to go. Like I know. Right now, like off of Tapology, I'm ranked number 38 in the world. So I still have like 37 people in front of me that I had to face. Uh, so, like I I know I know for sure I can't leapfrog all, all over those contenders, especially whenever you got like a like a bandway there there are killers, man. This this bandway top 15 is nothing but killers. Uh, for myself, I know I have two fights left on my contract, and I want to go out there and sh I want to show up and show out. Uh, especially because, man, like, like my second contract, I really want to, uh, I really want to want that to be like almost my coming out party where I'm facing those like top 25, top 15 uh, guys. Uh, 
Because I know right now everybody like almost my my whole mentions have been like fight somebody in the top fifteen, fight somebody like Sean O'Malley, fight this and that. And I'm just like, dude, like I still have a lot of room to grow, especially because this was my first training camp where I actually was able to focus on fighting. Like I had nothing else going on. Like it's just been fighting, and I still have a lot of room to grow and a lot of challenges that I still need, still need to overcome. And that's gonna happen. Uh, like hopefully by closer to the end of my second contract, I'll be I'll be breaking into the top 15. So that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I plan on. Like I'm setting smaller goals up here and there. I I do want to fight uh UC two uh, two sixty two and fighting in uh fighting in Houston, but I also want to fight in August, in August, early August, late July, just so I can keep active, and then try to fight again in uh try to fight again. Uh, in October, so I can probably, so I can have like October 31st. I'll be that'll be my one fight. Then here March will be my second after March second fight. Then fight May and then fight uh, October. Wait, wait May and then I fight August and try to fight October. So try to go on a five fight win streak for the UFC at least right now for my first for my first like year in the UFC. Try to go five five and zero oh, five and zero. Oh. So that's what I'm aiming for. That's that's. That's what I'm trying to do. Uh, first off, I just want to make sure I get UFC 262. If I if I get that, then that's the that's the start of my goals, start of my plans. So for two for 262, if I said who do you want to face, the answer was basically yes, right? Like they just they give you a name and you're you're good. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I like I haven't said no to anybody. Whoever Jason House has been has shot me a message. Like it's the first guy I say yes to, and I haven't really I haven't seen any other opponents or anything like that. It's just mostly just like. Oh, Jason got on the phone with Jason. Jason's like, what about this guy? I was like, all right, cool. Like when, uh, like in October, whenever I was supposed to fight Aaron Phillips, I was like, yeah, yeah, 100%. I'll fight him. Like, yeah, no, no need to look for anybody else. You gave me that name. Let's go with it. Uh, then he pulled out the next name they gave me was Victor Rodriguez. That was the first name that he shot at me. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, and then right after that, like two weeks later, I get a call saying, uh, Gustavo Lopez, uh, March 20th. And I was like, yeah, 100%. Let's go. So it's, it's, it's like whenever Jason House talks to me, whatever name he gives me, that's, that's, that's what I go with, man. I, I, like, I don't pick or choose opponents. So it's whoever they give me, honestly. So basically the answer is yes. So if people ask you, who do you want to face next? You're, you should just say yes. Yeah. Yes. I want to face whoever they just give me and let, let's go. Well, you're not in a hurry. You're, you're, uh, you're here to, uh, you know, fight out your contract, get on that win streak, keep the train rolling. I like that mentality. It's very, uh, it's very refreshing. Oh yeah, well, because a lot of a lot of fighters, man, they they go in there and then all of a sudden they just like they want to rush, they want to rush it. And me, I know uh, I've worked hard my whole entire career, like my whole entire fight career, man. Like it took me, it took me thirteen fights to get here, uh, thirteen fights just to get get to here. And then I had my fourteenth fight in October, and then I had my fifteenth fight. Uh, actually, no, sixteen, sixteen. It took me fourteen fights to get here. Fifteenth fight was uh, October, and then my sixteenth fight was was uh was here in March, uh, knocking out Gustavo. So, man, like, I, I'm, I'm no, uh, like, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not new to working hard. Like, I've worked hard my whole entire fight career, and I still, like, I don't mind working hard. I don't mind being a workhorse because, like, I still have a lot to improve. So, I, I'm just here, like, as long as I keep improving, uh, like, I know I'm going to be able to be able to get to the top 15 uh, by 2022. Well, I hope that for you. I, I, Enjoyed watching your progression. 
coming out of the contender series, I said you were certainly one to watch, one of the top prospects uh, in the UFC, like I mentioned off the top, and I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Uh, thank you for this. Really appreciate it, Adrian, and uh, best of luck getting that fight for UFC 262. I'm hoping that you're on that card because uh, it's always a pleasure watching you compete. Man, thank you very much, man. Thank you for the platform. Thank you for the interview, man. Thank you so much. I'm now joined by Rat Garbage Mandel Nalo. I always love saying that. It's a, it's a great nickname. And now you've got some apparel, I see. You're, you've got Rat Garbage gear. That's right. Yeah, so so uh, how many of these are out there? I, I mean, I guess it must be pretty exclusive. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I made a bunch of shirts. The hoodies are pretty exclusive. Uh, you know, if you have your hands on uh, any... You're, you're a lucky duck, I guess. All right. Well, hopefully I, I, I can join uh, that elite company sometime soon. Uh, we had some discussions, yeah. some preliminary discussions, but I don't want to get into that just now. Uh, Ricardo Sachs, your opponent, uh, short notice opponent coming up uh, this Friday on, on Bellator's first card of 2021. Uh, took it on short notice. How much do you look into your opponents prior to a fight? Do, do you do a lot of tape study or anything along those lines? Yeah. you Like, I'm not watching, you know, a thousand hours of the guide, but... You get to kind of look at what he does. You look at his opponent's records to see kind of the caliber of people he's fought. Um, and then, yeah, like I think you you can probably end up worrying too much about what the other guy's good at if you just you know think about it all day. So I, I watch it uh, a little bit, but not a crazy amount. You don't watch a whole lot of MMA to begin with. So when you have an oh. opponent in front of you. I imagine that it's probably easy for you to zero in on what they're good at because you're not overwhelmed with all of the other fights that you would have been paying attention to. Yeah, I, I mean, because I train all the time, I love MMA. And uh, I like I like watching it when it's a high-caliber fight, but I'm pretty selective. I'm kind of a snob. I'll be like, oh, okay, these guys I think are really good. I'll watch that fight. So did you watch Stipe versus Francis this past weekend? Does it get any more elite than that at the heavyweight level? <laughs> I didn't, but that's not a knock. That doesn't mean they're not elite. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch though. No. Okay. Well, then I won't ask you anything about it. I'll just. Uh, we'll, we'll let it go. I saw the finish. I saw the finish. It looked looked good. Big, big shot. Yeah, big shot. I mean, it's crazy. If I was a big guy like that, I'd be walking around looking at the guys I'm fighting. Like, what the hell am I doing? This guy's huge. Yeah, so does it make it easier when you're face-to-face with somebody who's, I guess, 5'9", 5'10", or whatever it is at the, the 150? It's at least like, okay, that's another human being. A heavyweight, you're, you, could, you could have a 30-pound weight difference, right, in that weight class. That's crazy. So how, how up-to-date are you on what goes on in the world of MMA? Do you, I'm guessing you don't listen to any podcasts or anything along those lines. Like, if I asked you to name five champions in the UFC or, or five champions in Bellator even, do you, do you know who they are? Definitely, I know like the best guys in the divisions. Uh, I watch them fight. Like Gegard, I'll watch him fight all the time. Uh, Nemkov is a fighter here in Bellator. I'll watch him fight. Uh, the UFC champs, I watch all them. Like I think that there's a there's a ton of talent, and like you have to pull from your contemporaries in the in any like in any business. So if you're not boring ideas. Uh, you're going to fall behind. So, yeah, I watch the best guys for sure. I, I know what's up, but no, I don't watch like the, you know, what's going on with the X Fighters, uh, you know, gym drama or anything like that. You sometimes train alongside Malcolm Gordon. I, I proposed you guys have a, an MMA trivia challenge of some sort because he also doesn't watch. So I just think it would be, it would be uh, good comedy. <laughs> yeah, I feel a lot of flubs, <laughs> a lot of missed answers. 
So uh, in terms of this training camp, where did you spend most of your time? Were you in Montreal for a lot of it, or did you stay uh, in Toronto for, for much of the camp? No, I was in Montreal for uh, most of it, yeah. I was there for the past five weeks, six weeks. And are most of the regulars uh, still there with you? I mean, who, who are you getting most of your reps in with? Yeah, the core team's uh, there. Um, so, you know, the the standard, Louis Sanadakis, Eamon Zahavi, Arnold Allen, and then, like, there's some uh, other guys that are great. Mursad Bektek, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. You know, if I missed you, uh, I love you. Well, Eamon got a, a big win. Do you watch your, your training partner's fights? When, when yeah, yeah, I watched that fight. That fight was, I mean, I watched it. I was feeding uh, my baby dinner, and I watched it on my computer. And, like, that was uh, definitely the most emotional I've been from another friend winning a fight. I was like, I was pretty worked up when he won. It was very, very good feeling. I imagine that must be difficult for when you watch somebody perform at a level where you know that they can be better. Like you see what these guys do day in and day out at the gym. And I'm sure that when they lose and you know that they could have beaten that person, it probably, I mean, it definitely affects them, but it probably affects all the training partners as well. Yeah. You like, I'm clued into the, the like, the stuff that most people don't see in MMA. So I see like how hard most guys work, at least the guys that I like, I see how hard they work and to put it and like to go out there on the night and to perform. That's the, that's the secondary aspect, but that's what matters, you know? So I see a guy put in two years of work and potentially it doesn't, it doesn't happen for him. Uh, just because, you know, maybe unlucky, Maybe he didn't perform right. Maybe the other guy had a great night. Uh, all these factors. And then you see, like, the, you know what that means for his life. Like, you know, so with Eamon's fight, he was on the bubble, I would say. Uh, so when when you're in a fight like that and it's a friend of yours, it's just like, it, there's so much that goes into it beyond just like, oh, I want to fight. I made, you know, my show and win. You know, there's a lot. So now um, with Bellator, have you had any talks while you've been on site about fighting more often? I mean, this is your first fight in the spring, I believe, in some time. So that's a good sign. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, we'll talk about it after, but I, I, I mean, I'm here in the spring which uh, hasn't happened in like four years or something. So uh, it's a good sign. I'm hoping everything goes great and uh, summer we're back here. So what's your situation coming back to Canada? I know you do have to quarantine uh, when you get back, unless you drive through the borders. What, what's your plan in terms mm-hmm. of coming back? I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of just playing it by ear. Uh, obviously, quarantine at home uh, is the plan. I know a lot of guys have been like booking flights to, you know, Buffalo or Burlington and then driving up. Um, I'm not doing that. So we'll see. Maybe we'll do an interview next week and I'll fill you in. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're quarantined in a hotel for three days, uh, because yeah. that's the mandate, then uh, yeah, hit, hit me up if you're bored. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, hopefully that's not the case. I know that a lot of people have been driving back uh, because I think they, they charge you something like two thousand plus dollars to do that, and I, I know that yeah. uh, you know fighters don't make the most money in the world necessarily. Yeah, that's a big hit. You know, you got to factor that in now as a Canadian. You're like, okay, like uh, uh, you know, if I if you're making, you're on you're on your first contract, 
you're making X amount of dollars, and then you pay your manager, you pay your coach, and then there's another two thousand dollar fee. Like, oh my gosh, walking away with like five hundred bucks. A lot of fighters fought regionally at CFFC recently, and they had to they drove back because they didn't want to get that hit. I mean, fighting on a regional promotion, you're making even less money, right? So exactly, yeah, so that's that's, a, that's, what that's they the hardest part of the MMA career by far. That that level where like you're about to break into one of the larger promotions, uh, you just need that like a, a, a like a big show win or highlight or whatever. That's the hardest part. Yeah, how, how unlucky is it for those that never really got to break through prior to the pandemic? Like, I'm sure you know a lot of them at TriStar that yeah. are trying to get regional fights and they just aren't there. Yeah, like so, like it was hard to get fights out in Eastern Canada before the pandemic, and now like there's what has there been? Zero in Eastern a couple Canada. Shows out west. Yeah. Zero in Eastern Canada. I don't think. Exactly zero, completely none. There was supposed to be a show in Toronto or something, but that didn't happen. So now, yeah, guys are just like. It, it, maybe their friend can get them on a, a card in Abu Dhabi or down in Florida. I don't know. So is the plan to kind of take it easy once you're done this fight? Go back to Toronto for a little bit? Go back to the drawing board see what's next? Yeah, like take it easy to a degree. It's uh, all, obviously depends on how the fight goes. But, you know, spend time with uh, the family a little bit and then like train. If there's a fight that comes up and it's good, why not? I don't know. Has George been a tri-star at all training? Uh, do, do you see him still? Is he still coming through? Uh, he is... He's been doing a bunch of outdoor work. Uh, I haven't seen him uh, in the gym. But the gym gyms were closed up until Friday, last Friday. Oh, in, in Montreal, right, yeah. So so how, how did you do a lot of your training then when that was the case? You know, underground basement sessions, all this stuff, all this stuff, very lock and key. Do you uh, do you have a place in Montreal that you that you, I guess, reside in, or do you stay with other people from the team? Uh, yeah, so I have a place like it's dorms adjacent, so I'm not in the dorms, but I'm in the building. And is that affordable, just because it's on in kind of the outskirts of Montreal? Yeah, exactly. It's not the it's not the worst. All right. Well, uh, we don't expect the worst from you this weekend. We expect the best from you Friday uh, against uh, Seychelles. It should be a fun fight. I mean, very short notice opponent, uh, but it seems like you're prepared as always. And uh, we we look forward to seeing that one. Hopefully we can figure out where this is going to air in Canada by then. That would be nice. I'm now joined by Brad Katona making his return to the cage. I feel like this is deja vu. We, we talked this way when you were scheduled to fight at EMC, but uh, that fight ended up falling through. Here you are, though. Multiple fight deal uh, for Brave now? Uh, yeah, that's correct. I got a multi-fight deal with, with Brave, and this is kicking it off on the biggest event, Brave 50. So uh, it's, it's, it's historic for them, and you know it feels, feels quite exciting to be part of such a big card, especially for my first fight with them. Yeah, I'll be facing uh, undefeated Borislav Nikolic. Um, but, you know, looking at his record, uh, Brad, it looks like he's somebody who um, hasn't really fought great competition. I, I mean, his last win was against someone who was 2-3. and three. He's beat a lot of guys that are 2-0, 2-0. Oh, oh. uh, are you, when you look at him and his skill set, do you feel like you're just way ahead of him? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't get too worried about that uh, on paper. Absolutely. But he is he is eight no you know so 
he does have eight wins, zero losses, and a high finishing rate. Uh, the truth of the matter is that he hasn't fought anybody close to my level yet. But that doesn't mean I can kind of go, oh, I'm way, I'm way ahead of him. I'm good. You know, we watched video. Uh, I, I watched video on on a lot of guys for this this fight. A lot of guys turned it down, and he finally said yes. And so you have to respect that. You know, you have to respect a guy who's undefeated and with a high finishing rate, no matter who he's fought, and who says yes. You know, he knows that I'm a step up. Um, but you know, he still showed up. He's still going to show up fight night, hopefully, and. And, you know, so so there's nothing but respect on my end going, okay, you're taking a step up. Now it's time to, you know, put up and shut up, as they say. Well, yeah, you can accuse somebody of having a padded 8-0 record, but if they're accepting a fight with you, maybe that's the reason why their record is 8-0. They're, they're not fighting guys that, uh, or guys won't accept a fight with them, right? So that, that's always exactly. that be the circumstance. I, I, absolutely, that can be the circumstance. Uh, you know, so... so I, Really, for me, it was going in into this fight respecting uh, what he's potentially capable of. Every fight's approached the same way. It is, it's as I'm as if I'm fighting for a world championship, you know, against the best competition out there. Nothing really changes on my part. It's maybe small little tweaks depending on, on, on the style. But it's never one where I go, oh, he hasn't fought anybody like me. You know, well, he will after Thursday, you know. So after that, either... Either he's the real deal or, or, you know, the truth is it might be a little padded. And even against someone my level, it's hard to, it's hard to truly say how good he is, even, even if he loses, you know. So, uh, but he said yes. You know, he did say yes. There were some guys with uh, a more accomplished record, if you will, who, who said no. You know, it, it wasn't the easiest thing for me to get matched up. I know I watched that. I went through the pre-fight nerves a whole lot of time, getting a name, looking at the fights and, and, you know, getting prepared. And then a couple of days later, there was an issue of some kind, you know. So um, he said, yes, he's coming to party, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You look at this card. It's uh, got a lot of uh, great UFC vets in it. Nordiev, Ismail Nordiev is uh, headlining for the 175-pound championship. you got Zach Makovsky, uh, former Bellator champion and uh, former UFC uh, competitor. You were signed to the EMC, uh, another regional promotion, are you a lot happier now that you're with Brave, you know, a promotion that is, is pretty well-known uh, worldwide, and I think one of the top uh, promotions in the world outside of the UFC in terms of the level of competition? Absolutely, I'm excited to be with Brave. Uh, it, you know, it was the EMC deal came around, and it was to get me a fight kind of immediately. And, and, and so I was going, okay, you know, when I took it, it was going to be six weeks' notice to fight September 5th. And then that got pushed, and then that got pushed again to October 31st, and then my opponent tested positive for COVID. Uh, you know, so that, so being with a show like Braves, they do everything kind of ahead of time. That way, anytime you're with a big show, they do things ahead of time. That way, there's very little wrinkles that can go wrong. You know, um, before traveling, I needed a COVID test. Getting here, we all got COVID tests, and throughout the week, we're going to be tested even further. So um, that part's exciting, as well as you know being able to build towards a whole title with Brave is, is, is definitely on my mind at, at the forefront. And it's not looking past this guy. It's looking at what we can build off of this. You were saying Brave's one of the top shows out there. And I think they're only building up. So it's kind of a very natural progression with us. As I'm advancing my career, they're going to be growing as well. So uh, I, I think it's quite an exciting fit. 
Yeah, I would compare it a lot to, uh, to one championship and what they're doing uh, in the Asian region. Uh, this one, obviously, in the Middle Eastern region, I think that Brave has really established himself. Like you said, 50 shows. I mean, to have a, a promotion that's had that many shows, obviously, it means it's a successful promotion for the most part. Um, going forward, what are you looking to do? Uh, you're looking to stay at 135. I know you fought at 45 before, but 35 is obviously your, your natural weight class where you seem to be at your best. Yeah, you know, I I, I think uh, competitively on, on on the elite level, I, I, I am a bantamweight. Obviously, featherweight would be would be convenient, you know, but uh, I, I I'm not a featherweight size, so so bantamweight is, is is where I'm at, and I'm going to be chasing that world title. I'm going to be pushing through it. If it's after this fight, great. Uh, the title is vacant right now, and so, and so I'm excited to. Uh, be built towards that, you know. What's important is I go there Thursday night and and perform and perform to my best abilities to prove that I should be in line for a title shot. If it's not right away, that they have plenty of bantamweights, uh, plenty of great bantamweights that I can build build off of from there. You know, uh, there's been some highlight knockout. There was a highlight knockout, I believe, three weeks ago. Uh, that fight intrigues me. You know, there's, there's a ton of fights at this weight class, in this promotion that intrigued me. So I'm just excited to keep on building towards that title and then capture it and defend it. What's it been like being part of uh, this particular fight week uh, at Brave in Bahrain? Uh, compared to a UFC event, how do they do things there and, and what do you like about it? You know, right now we're getting treated quite nicely. I, I, I have a, even in the middle of pandemic, I have a, quite a big hotel room with mats and everything I need here. You know, if I've needed something, they've answered they've been able to provide it you know I, I can't say uh my experience with the ufc was ever bad i've only ever had great experiences uh on all sides of things and you know brave's treating us very well and, and and everything's been been done very professionally so you know from from the from the interviews to to the pictures to signing posters you know it's 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 very similar um and the staff are great as well you know basically anything i want i've been taken care of so far here in Bahrain, then uh, it, it just makes you really appreciate uh, what you have when, when you're given these opportunities. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of discussed this in the past. It really shocks me that you did get released from the UFC. You look at what you did on The Ultimate Fighter. Going into that show, I thought the two best guys on the show were Kyler Phillips and Bryce Mitchell. And you beat both those guys on the show. And now, I mean, look at how well they've done going forward. Uh, Kyler just had that big win uh, recently. And, of course, Bryce Mitchell's really made a name for himself. You have wins over both those guys uh, up a division. I, I'm just very surprised that the, uh, the UFC would let you go, given the, uh, the lack of real Canadian talent that they have right now. You know, for, for whatever reason, I, I, I think those wins were discounted. Um, it, it, it is what it is. I, I, I think since there was another fighter who went 0-4 or something, or four fight losing streaks, you know, it, it, it is what it is. All that's kind of water under the bridge now, you know, really. Um, I'm more excited to be looking at the future here, you know, um, with Brave for, for the next while at least, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a world title, working towards that, defending it, and, and really, you know, representing Canada out here. You know, that's that's exciting to me right now, and, and uh, you know, that's where my mind's at. And I, I can look at the past and be like, oh, I beat this guy. I, I know I beat those guys, and everybody knows I beat those guys. Uh, and if something unjust happened, it, you know, it, it, it was shocking, but, you know, it's at, at some point you just keep... Keep moving forward, I guess. Uh, you know, it, it, 
it is what it is. I'm excited for the future. I think I have many great years of competition still left in me. That wasn't nearly the best that I that I'm capable of. I you know I I'm just excited for the future. How did this deal with Brave come about? I know you were looking to sign with a bigger promotion uh, coming off of your UFC contract. Uh, EMC, again, not, not the biggest promotion, not the most well-known promotion, but, but I think a lot of people that follow MMA will definitely know Brave. Uh, what took so long for this kind of a deal to get consummated? You know, I think just making sure, uh, you know, both sides were happy with the deal. Um, you know, I, I, I talk, Brave was a name that got tossed around with, with my management once I was released and uh you know i i think their relationship together paradigm's relationship with brave has only grown over the past year and uh i am i, I guess my contracts when the byproducts of the relationship growing growing closer you know uh as, as as more and more promotions see the appeal of of being in the middle east you know with ufc and fight island bahrain's been out here since the beginning you know uh there's a lot of momentum uh, in this region, so I'm excited to be to be a part of it, quite frankly, and 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 especially considering the times of putting on a lot of events, and and uh, you know it, it, the pandemic wasn't easy. You know, it certainly wasn't a good time to be a free agent. You know, um, which I which I was. You know, so things naturally took a little bit longer because at first, you know, everyone's thinking this is going to be short, and then it's much longer than. Than you think it is so of course your plans have to change and adapt and and i think with brave really starting to gain momentum and and trying to aggressively expand and grow the sport of mma uh the deal just came along you know it was, was kind of i i get i guess great time great place you know being a fighter obviously is a bit volatile because you get it, it's paper play right you're not on, on a contract so during the the pandemic uh did anything have to change with your living arrangements anything along those lines uh, i don't know what the cost of living is like uh, in Ireland where you are, but um, were sacrifices made or anything along those lines? You know, Dublin's not cheap. Dublin's not cheap at all. Uh, it's, 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 it's quite expensive. Um, you know, th thankfully, I, I, I guess thankfully, uh, you know, I, I, I was very responsible with my money uh, because I, I realized I'm a, I'm a professional fighter, you know, a, a lot of your purse is dictated on your on your performance, and as well as you can be released at any time, which I was, and there was my pay kind of scrapped. Um, you know, I was really responsible for it. You know, one thing I have to say is it's much easier taking the risk, knowing that I'm not going to end up homeless if it fails. You know, I have a very supportive family. You know, my my girlfriend Katie saw her family is very supportive as well, so we knew, you know, if, if if we took the gamble and failed, at least, you know, we get to go home still, you know. So um, I, I think part of it was me being responsible, but also, you know, I don't have any dependents. I, I don't have anybody depending on me. I can take this risk uh, selfishly and, and, and kind of go all chips pushing to the middle of the table. Let, let's, uh, let's make it happen. You mentioned Katie. Is she signed anywhere right now? Does she have anything coming up? You know, she's signed with Invicta. Uh, she took a fight on very short notice, I think about a week's notice to make her debut in Invicta, unfortunately fought one of the best girls in the world and, you know, lost a split decision that I, that I argue, uh, she won, but yeah, she still signed with Invicta and, and hopefully I know we've been in contact with them quite a bit. I, I, I I'm hoping that she'll be fighting soon.
yeah, that would certainly be good news for both of you. Uh, I know you guys work very hard. You represent Canada, um, you know, in a fantastic way. And uh, I think you'll do that this week at Brave. Uh, it's this Thursday. You can, I believe it's on, is it on Fight Pass? Is that where you can watch it in Canada? Uh, it, it, it is in Canada on the Fight Network. Um, I, I'm, I know in Ireland I, I, I can watch it on, on the Brave CFTV. I'm not sure if that's available in Canada. I'm not 100% sure, but it is on Fight Network. Um, you can make sure that my, my dad already has it. Uh, PVR, so, it, so it's ready to go. So it's on Fight Network for those who want to watch. In the States, it's on Fight TV. And potentially all over the world, it's on Brave CFTV. All right, well, we look forward to seeing you on this journey. Vacant title right now. Hopefully, you get a win this weekend and you're, you're thrust right into the title picture where you belong. Uh, appreciate your time. Thanks for this, Brad. I really appreciate that. And, and everyone out there, really appreciate your support. I, I know it's been a long, long year and a half, but I'm making my return. I, I really appreciate it if you checked it out and, and we can be building to that title together. A big thank you to our guests, Adrian Yanez, Brad Katona, and Mandel Nalo. For joining us on the TSN MMA show this week. Uh, no UFC event, unfortunately, on Saturday, but uh, they're back in full swing next week, and it's the first uh, Bellator event of the year uh, coming up. So that's uh, that's exciting for uh, the folks over at Bellator, and uh, really excited to see Mandel Nalo compete. Uh, his last fight, unfortunately, ended with, uh, I believe, it was an inadvertent low blow to Syada Wad, and he could no longer continue. So uh, hopefully, this fight will have uh, you know more of a conclusion. Uh, you know, Mandel has wanted to stay busy, but has been unable to for whatever reason. So hopefully this is uh, the start of more than one fight in 2021 for the uh, Canadian. So big thanks to him, Brad Katona, Adrian Yanez, and to you, the listener, for tuning in to the, this week's uh, TSN MMA Show interview edition. We'll have more interviews to get to next week. Uh, a card headlined, I believe, by Marvin Vittori and Kevin Holland. I don't know if they've announced that Kevin Holland has officially taken that spot, but uh, that looks to be the plan, at least at this point in time. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you again next week with more great interviews. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.